Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Rap is crap, but how was the Great American Bash 1999? You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, 83 Weeks fans, and welcome to the show where we break down 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. We are covering all the big reveals, getting your fan reactions, and uh, we're going to offer up our opinions on this Great American Bash 1999. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Christy Olson. Let me introduce you to all the usual suspects, uh, starting with a man who is a veteran of this business. You can see him as D-Evil at Wrestle Pro Wrestling. Hello, Christian Rosenberg. Hello, Christy Olson. How are you? Uh, oh, that was very evil. I like was it. Was it? Uh, <laughs> and this guy, this you may be scaring the gentleman next to you. We call him the Encyclopedia <laughs> of Sports Entertainment. You can call him George Hermosa. What happened to the Devastator 2? Well, you know, I like to switch it up a little bit. She doesn't normally call me the evil, but yeah. she did today. Well, also, I like when she switches it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. we yeah. got to get all your uh, indie monikers out there. So there you go. Know you. And this guy uh, hasn't, you know, stepped in an independent ring. Except for that one time. Uh, but he does run the YouTube channel hey, for all your favorite wrestling veterans. It's Steve Kaufman. I am very much involved in a lot of YouTube pages. And that is all I can legally say. <laughs> and apparently you also won the Masters with that green jacket. I did win the Masters. It was at the Goodwill on Vine. There you go. Oh, hey, we are a good-looking bunch over here, which is why you probably never want to miss any of these episodes. We do usually have Eric Bischoff Skyping in with us to answer your questions. However, that man is headed to Australia today for uh, several live shows, so we won't be getting him today, but he will be back next week. But keep watching. <laughs> Because we're very insightful. Why would they not keep what, watching, think, sir? And, and that concludes our show. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> no, I did just want to remind everybody to make sure they hit that subscribe button. You can also get us on Apple Podcasts as well. And uh, on that note, you know, we have our own thoughts about the Great American Bash 1999 and about rap maybe or maybe not being crap. Uh, so we are going to jump right into it. We got a lot of business stuff on this episode. It is so hot in here. <laughs> it is. I would just like to, uh, and nobody's going to be taking off any clothes before we go there. Damn it. Oh. But uh, it's a little warm over oh, here in, uh, in Burbank, California, where we are coming to you from. And the Great American Bash was not so hot of a show. What did you guys think watching this one back? It, it was not that hot of a show. <laughs> it, I mean, it could have been better, but I don't think it was as bad as everybody made it out to be. I don't think it was as defendable as Eric thought it was. He really he really tried. <laughs> he, gave it, he gave it a good try. I mean, I, I think some some of this, this match was more structured than it wasn't unstructured. You know, you had these random matches like Van Hammer versus Mikey Whipwreck. But, I mean, like, that's no different than normal WCW. But for the most part, I think the whole card in general, I think I think it was the storylines kind of fit and whatever the paper, what is going on in the pay-per-view. The Hummer thing. Can't wait to be talking about the Hummer <laughs> thing. All right, well, let's jump right into it uh, because I think people may be confused on what you mean this by is the, the Hummer part, thing. This is the part where I'm, I'm really hoping to get a lot of feedback from people because I'm, I'm really, really curious at, like, I thought 
the Hummer thing was was first off, first off, let me just say this, and I hate that he's not here because I call BS on what his his Hummer explanation, but like, oh, it was just something to do. Like, no, like you guys built that Hummer storyline for like months. Like, who was driving the Hummer? Who was doing this? Who was doing that? Oh my God, was it Sid? It wasn't Sid. Was it a girl? It wasn't a girl. I thought it was Sting. <laughs> I thought, like, because he turned heel, like, in August or September, and I thought they made a reference to, like, he was a driver of the Hummer when he turned heel. And the Hummer was white and black. You're not wrong. I thought it was Sting. Like, please, anybody out there that was, like, a diehard WCW fan, like, fall of 99, I thought it was Sting. I mean, that we, we so can all hear Christie's fan. I'm back. Yeah, we all hear Christie's fan. I can't, I can't do anything right now. I can't even think in here. For the, pod, for the <laughs> podcast <laughs> listeners, Christie got a fan. Christie just got her own personal fan. Not sharing with the rest of us. I am. I got uh, fans all over the world, so I don't, I, it's okay. Uh, I am what us ladies refer to as melting at this moment. My eyelashes will probably be stuck together in about two minutes. So let me get to my notes <laughs> uh, before that happens. We got a lot of tidbits about uh, certain people on this episode and a lot of lead up into what was going down before this pay-per-view. Let's talk about a serious moment here. Uh, we got a recount from Eric about the death of Owen Hart and the way that he handled that with Bret Hart. And he even got some kudos from Bret, which of course, you know, no love lost there between the two of them. Did you, had you guys heard this story before? Did I'm you not, know that? No. It was in Bret's book. Okay. Yeah. Because Brett, was Brett all over the, in Brett's book? Was he all over the place about Eric, or was it? No, because really. he had a lot of negative stuff to say about Eric in his. He book. He kind of had a couple sure. jabs here and there, but just that specific part, he kind of always took credit about like WCW treating him well when that happened. You know, just take all the time that you need. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, because he kind of threw in some jabs at like Triple H at the end of his book was like, all right, that was just kind of random. But <laughs> but for the most part, like I mean, it's whatever you would expect from. Him, his opinions on Eric. But this was back in 2007. Also, I do know the feeling of being having that quiet moment right before you're doing something you know you have to do, but like it's an insurmountable feeling where it's, it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm waiting on at the airport to tell Bret Hart mm-hmm. that his brother Owen not only passed but passed like very in tragically, very mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I as like the first point of contact, his current employer. Like, all of that, like, it is my duty to be the one to be here to try and tell him that. Like, it's the right thing to do, but at the same time, like, God, I feel uncomfortable. I I mean, and I don't mean to make this sound comical, because that's not my intention whatsoever. I'm trying to imagine, because obviously there was someone on the plane who relayed this information to him. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what the person that was sitting next to Brett on the plane was going through with that. Because obviously, like, you know, they're informing... The person's probably going to overhear it. That person may, may not know who Brett is. But it's just like, how you react in that type of situation when you're in that? How do you react as the flight attendant? How do you react as the random patron that's sitting next to him? And then obviously, of course, Eric, not knowing that any of that is taking place. Also, like, you... Like, you radio the plane. Like, you you get a hold of an air traffic controller who gets a hold of the plane. Do they get a hold of the captain? Do they get a hold of someone else, like a co-pilot, who then tells the captain, and then the captain decides, we have we have 20 minutes, I'm going to go talk to Mr. Hart about his brother. Like, who decides to tell Bret Hart? I, I doubt that and was And, like, how book. much pull do you have to have to be able to call air traffic control and make something like that happen? Whew. You know? There, well, there's actually a lot more to this story. I think there... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we definitely can ask Eric about it next week when we have him back on the show. And he had a lot to say about Jesse Ventura in an old interview that Conrad brought up to him in this episode. Did you guys agree with Eric's comments from that interview that, what did he say, that Jesse did more talking about wrestling than he ever really did wrestling? Oh, yeah. 100%. Because if you, if you ask any casual wrestling fan, mm-hmm. who is Jesse Ventura? They're going to say commentator. Mm, They're not going to say wrestler. I think governor. Yeah, they're going to say governor. As far as in the world of wrestling, what was Jesse Ventura? They're going to say commentator before wrestler. But you're not wrong. There are some people in this business who are more famous for having been a wrestler than they were for being a wrestler. Absolutely. Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I did not know Jesse Ventura was a wrestler until, like, five or six years uh, into me being a fan. Like, oh, wow, he was a wrestler? Like, was he any good? You didn't watch that garbage TBS movie? That I wanted so desperately to ask Eric about this oh, week. Oh, the one with Chris Canyon? Yep. Uh, yeah, no. I saw clips <laughs> of it, and no. Where um, his first match, he defeats Goldberg. <laughs> this is actually from that movie, guys. Can that be seen anywhere? I'm sure I'll I'm find I'm sure a way. you can, can find, find it. it. Steve <laughs> will find it. <laughs> Steve will find a way. But I mean, yeah, I mean, even when you look at, you know, today's sports, Charles Barkley, people who follow NBA today, don't realize that he actually was a Hall of Fame basketball player. They just know him as the cranky analyst who thinks every, everything is terrible. Oh, it's terrible. 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 Is, is his gambling problem as pronounced on that show <laughs> as it is in real life? Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. We went there. Uh, I, I certainly hope he's not watching. Uh, he's a I fan. think he is. <laughs> well, all eyes were on Miss uh, Gorgeous George. Thank you. Why wouldn't they? Oh, you mean Savage's girlfriend? I was just talking about. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, This was this was legit, according to Bischoff, that Randy Savage actually thought that she could get over, and that really, it's not like they had this um, deep relationship. (laughs) They they were Randy and George were f buddies. Well, according to Eric, Eric, yeah. Which I just think is such a funny... You know, there's so many things that he'll be like, oh, I mean, I wasn't there, I, I can't say, or I don't exactly know. But that one, he was like, oh, definitely, for sure. From what I saw, they were just F buddies. Fun buddies? Fun buddies, yes. Yeah. I think it could go a little deeper than that. I think oh. sometimes when people work on a set that they have a best friend or even a girlfriend on that set that once the, once the production wraps, they never talk to that person ever again. Like, th- it could be that. Like, they had something, but a short-term something. Can we have a Fun Buddies t-shirt? I'm okay. sure it exists. Okay. I, if that doesn't exist, I'll, I'll, I'll send you There's some There's some tag team in some indie wrestling company <laughs> that calls themselves the Fun Buddies. The F Buddies. The, the F stands buddies. for fun. <laughs> yeah. You know someone has that somewhere. Well, they will now. Yeah. I You're prefer, welcome. Hopefully a mixed tag team, but okay. <laughs> That's actually dream. That's actually pretty good. We're the F Buddies. The F is for fun. <laughs> well, while we're talking about having fun, uh, Chastity apparently had had some fun on camera before coming to WCW. She was she, she loved to have fun. At least one adult, <laughs> at least one adult film. But so you guys can probably help me with this because what I remember from this period of time is that being an adult film star was mainstream. Like this was a time we saw a lot of Jenna Jameson and Tara Patrick and like Pam Anderson. By adult and film, Tommy's you mean PG thirteen, like, right? No, there were 
I think also, you, you know what I mean, Rosenberg. Also, in the late '90s, there I'm were not quite two. Sure to take that. In the late '90s, there were two mainstreams. There was the Howard Stern, Jerry Springer tract of mainstream. The mm-hmm. WCW Nitro fit in too nicely. Yeah, exactly. And, and, the, that's and where Monday Night Raw. Porn stars were totally acceptable, right? Oh but, yeah. I mean, but, like Kid just, Rock had everybody yeah. in his videos. I mean, was MTV it really? is on that lower track well, too. Yeah. Like, and, and that's all the stuff M- we watched between at the time. MTV, Jerry Springer, Howard Stern, Attitude Era, WCW being with that as well. There's probably some other things I'm not naming. But, yeah, I mean, those are one of the things where, like, oh, yeah, I've heard of her. She does porn. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure, I, I'm just surprised that WCW thought it was a big deal at all in that day and age. I think sometimes it can be a little unfair, too, because, like, I don't think Chastity was really known for that. No. And then here mm-hmm. we are, oh, she's a porn star, she blah, blah, blah. She probably did, like, one or two movies. But then, and then, nothing against Sasha Gray, but, like, mm-hmm. here is, like, here is, she was, like, 18 doing everything. And, yeah. like, they don't really say the same about her. And I just thought it was kind of a little unfair for Chastity that, like, not that they should say that about Sasha Gray, mm-hmm. but just kind of like, you know, well, okay, she did one movie. Like, you have people that did, like, thousands of movies, and they're like, oh, you know, I mean, adult Cameron porn Diaz star did a turns, movie. Hello. Yeah. But is um was Chastity was Chastity like a pro wrestler like a worker and then she did a couple movies and then no I think because she was obviously in the ECW I think it was right before ECW okay but she was I don't know about porn star I think I think I think star I think it's a big deal. yeah I, I yeah. think if like porn star and like a girl that did a couple pornos like might be like maybe there's a big fine line I would think she's more on the line of just a girl who did a couple pornos a girl with a couple oh. porn who's now a TV star on night Gu- guys porn entertainer is yeah. how they is how they call it. <laughs> I adult entertainer. I think yeah. is what yeah. the, is what the cl- tax classification is now. I like that we talked about porn. Well, <laughs> I I was trying to bring it around to the idea that really it wasn't so um, like it wasn't such a conservative time back then with sure. that, and why I was really confused as to why WCW would have even cared. I think it was more so because like standards and practices were kind of really strict at times for TNT or TBS mm-hmm. or Turner. That I think sometimes they kind of didn't let them do a lot of things. Like, I, I think, uh, like, L- Lenny Lane and Lodi, like, they had, like, a like, kind of implying, like, the West Hollywood blondes yeah. that they just scrapped because they, they thought it wasn't following their standards and practices. But then, you know, I think that was more so, like, for TNT because WWF, I think it would have made well, more Val sense. Well, Val they you know? yeah. did all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And Jenna Jameson did someone with Val Venus mm-hmm. in, in some promo. And plus, WCW yeah. was, was always a little bit more family-oriented in some ways, like, more Southern style, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was kind of like maybe people were expecting them to put the kibosh on. on Has no Chastity. one taken up the mantle of the West Hollywood blondes yet? I think we have, two, we have two brilliant ideas so far from this show. Well, that was originally supposed to be Lenny Lane and Lodi, but... But it never happened, never, and no one ever really did happened. it. Again, I'm sure there's some indie tag team somewhere the West that goes Hollywood. by I mean, the West have Hollywood like a, they, have like a, they have, like, a new Hollywood blondes, but not, not, like, a West Hollywood blondes. Who are the new Hollywood blondes? Some, uh, Brian Hillman Jr. And no, that's, that's the New Heart Foundation. Didn't you, you never work with them the time? If you, no. Oh, yeah. If you're Brian Hillman Jr. and you want to do the new Hollywood Blondes, it should be him and then... No, he's already Heart Foundation. Yeah. The okay. new Heart Foundation. I mean, Brent Hillman Sr. was also both. Yeah. Wow. All <laughs> right. We went a million places with that one. We kind of did. We kind of did. All related to porn. <laughs> That's... Yep. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, going down the rabbit hole on the internet sort of ties along with that. Sure. Which is what I did today when I googled Christy Wolf. Is <laughs> it Christy or Christy Olsen? <laughs> no, um, no, no. Although it's Christine Marie, Christy Marie, you know, shout out. But uh, Asia, right? Is that how mm. they pronounce Asia? Mm-hmm. Asia? 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 You know what? You know because it was China. So they're like, yes. oh, let's have Asia. What the yeah. why? Because we all know, you know, you got to have the name with the Y. That, that, that was the we did have this discussion, yes. uh, discussion Eric has, a few weeks Eric ago. Eric has defended that before. We're like, it's completely different. And I'm like, you're lying. 
<laughs> so at the time, when you do you guys remember thinking like, oh, Asia is the absolutely 100%. What did you think of her? Did not like her because I felt it was just a complete knockoff of China. Really? She ne- she never had a chance to show what she could be. True, she could be. That is true because she was contrived from the jump, mm-hmm. and contrived in a way that if you didn't like, if you didn't know who China was, you didn't know who this character was. Okay, and why you should care. Like it was it was very. And, and we never really learned her personality. We didn't know her story. She was she just showed up. Yeah, people have overcome worse. Yeah. in this business, and she, but you have to give them the time. She had a not significant, but she had a role in a few things here and there over yeah. the years. Yeah, we saw her. I mean, she had a thing with Flair. She had a thing with Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we just didn't really know who she was, why she was there, what is the relationship? Does she talk? Does she wrestle? Mm-hmm. Like, how often would we see her compete? Are we gonna do? Are we suddenly going to make her the TV champion like China became the Intercontinental Champion? Right. It's just like it's just like they brought her in, and I mean, I, I, we all agree that they brought her in because of China. Mm-hmm. But they never ever made an effort to have her something more than just that. It was right. always like she's always going to be our version of China. They never give her a chance to do anything else. They never give her like you said. They never, never, they never give her anything. But if you were to ask Eric or anyone involved in those decisions, what they'd tell you is, I don't know what you're talking about. She worked with Ric Flair. She worked with Scott yeah. Steiner. She worked with probably Randy Savage. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, but as a valet, yeah. like, we don't, do we remember Gorgeous George either? Yep. Like, we didn't really have a chance. I remember her more than Asia. Yeah, but like, because you gave Gorgeous George a bit of a chance to actually show who she was. Yes. It, we could have done that. They what never did it? that with Asia. And what if was the did, name of Scott Steiner's quote-unquote freak? Medasia. Wow. I couldn't even remember her. Like, who is she? Again, they could have done more. She with was her. married to Mike O'Hearn from Battle Dome. Okay, well, no one else knows that. That was also <laughs> that would also featured Terry Crews. Don't care. Come on, I you don't remember I, that? They were on Nitro. Are there are there reruns of Battle Dome? There's on I YouTube. Kinda, it's on is YouTube. it really? Yeah. Okay, I love that show. <laughs> I love WMAC Masters. But go ahead. I'm not entirely sure that I should admit this, but you guys lost me there with that one. I <laughs> oh, will send you a link. <laughs> Which is fine, because it is time! We haven't done this in a few weeks, but finally, we have a bunch of them this week, so let's play some Dirt Sheet Debunks. All right. I think, I mean, this Ready is more than uh, more than any episode, I believe, ever. I guess it's not really a game. <laughs> no. You should play. It's just a fun I'm ready. No, you don't understand. If it's a game, I win. Right. So let's just have it be a segment. Did we know that Conrad and Dave were friends, actually were friends? I thought that Bischoff was just ribbing Conrad all the time when he would say that Melter is his friend. But Conrad actually on this episode said, like, hey, dude, that's my friend. I think throughout the Conrad everything, Flair, Pritchard, whatever, I think he's become friends with Dave Melter. I don't mm-hmm. think they were ever friends beforehand. I think yeah. they're friendly. I don't know if... I can't speak yeah. to I can't speak to Conrad's DMs, but like and plus, like we all kind of have different different definitions of friends. Like, we, I mean, we're all friends, but like you may think like someone else may be an acquaintance, you know. But maybe he might throw the friend name out there too much, you know. He's oh, he's my friend, he's my friend, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's deep. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> about as deep as a roster with only ten guys. <laughs> yeah. This one was debunked uh, pretty quickly by Eric. I mean. It was outrageous from the beginning. Anyway, Wade Keller not doing too much better on this episode uh, with a report that uh, Hulk Hogan didn't want to be the booker position. He didn't want to be the booker anymore because people didn't like him and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Eric said, uh, no, he just had no interest in doing that. George, you're the one who always wants to um, villainize Hulk Hogan, I guess I should say. What did you think about that? 
How co- I mean, I agree with a lot of what Eric Bischoff said regarding Melter's opinion of Hogan. Yeah. I think that's a little unfair, but I mean... We've heard from many wrestlers, because he makes it a point that Meltzer has never been in the business. Meltzer has never said, but I'm like, okay, well, what about some of the other wrestlers that say that Hogan was the ultimate politician, you know? But we're just going to eliminate that, you know? He share, no, I don't want to say sharing the same locker room, because I'm sure Hogan has his own locker room. But, I mean, I, I, I kind of send to not believe it, because I feel like Hogan was too involved in his own thing to not really care about... What's El Dandy doing? You know, yeah. what's Elix Skipper doing? Like, I'm sure we he doesn't care. But I thought it was more fascinating that he just flat out said Hogan hated the Cruciates. Hogan hated the Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Hogan hated this. I'm like, wow. Like, he just hates a lot of things. But because he's. Bischoff said it was because he thought that they wouldn't get over with the fans. But the Cruciates were actually quite popular, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. If anything, I almost felt like it was jealousy because they were. They were. They didn't have as much character, per se, mm-hmm. as Hogan and Savage and Nash and Hall did, but they won the fans over by their incredible athleticism. Right. So he was just like, wait a minute. They're not supposed to like him for that, and we can't do those moves. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm angry slash jealous. <laughs> not happening. Would you guys have watched WCW another kickboxing pay-per-view? No. No. Didn't want it anyway. Well, that was that I was actually true. I know, that was, I know idea about although it. Although I, I do like hearing in '99 how diversified Eric had gotten mm-hmm. beyond just like within the pay per view realm. Like he was doing the Girls Gone Wild. He was producing a Girls Gone Wild show. He was trying to. He was pitching a WCW was kickboxing show. Girls Gone Wild was in 03? Okay, then my timeline's a little off, but you know what I mean. Like but he always had that mentality of diver- doing more. Like yeah. he's diversifying his ability to produce and pitch pay per view properties that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily wrestling but serve a similar audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really smart smart of him. Yeah, that one was actually true. And um, there was a couple more, you know, about Nash being the booker and about Eric telling people that Sid is coming in. And Eric's like, well, yeah, I would have told, you know, I would have, I mean, I would have let the people know. But although I don't know that, I believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe Eric, like, informed everybody, especially with him. And he said this before here. Like, he had no problem trying to work the boys or whatever, you know? It's like, he he, he didn't feel like he had a... It feels like, based on his his conversation with us, that he had no reason to tell inform everybody about, like, hey, by the way, Sid's coming in. Like, I think it was more like, hey, I'm bringing him in. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. You guys can figure it out. You guys are adults. This was six years ago. Like, you know, figure it out. Also, it's funny that this was one of the few times he didn't hide behind what he normally hides behind, which is, I don't, I'm not always involved in bringing in every talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Sid turned up one day, and I was like, oh, yeah, we had that meeting. <laughs> he, he, he has that a lot, where it's people, people are like, why, why is Prince Iakea there? And it's like, I don't know, man. And where's his shoes? <laughs> you guys mentioned uh, Girls Gone Wild there. Are Joe Francis and Eric Bischoff friends? Maybe they were. They were. Isn't Joe Francis and Joe? I think so, still? yeah. Or at least, Ooh, we're going to Google Joe Francis is. later. Oh, interesting. Oh. That was just a, an interesting relationship to have, is all I'm saying. Uh, let's talk about the Great American Bash 1999. I went back and fired this one up on the old WWE maybe not, Maybe not great American <laughs> Bash. It was like an okay American it pretty, Bash. It was a decent American the, Bash. The decent American <laughs> Bash 1999. That should go on a t-shirt. The, the decent, uh, that's that decent F, American Bash. That and F-Buddies and Sharp Pablo. Char Pablo, I think I think the F buddies would be best if it was someone like Kylie Ray and Trent Seven. Like they're both it's an asexual pairing. Now we're just getting too complicated with it. The F is for fun. No, I'm pitching a whole tag team, guys. 
we're gonna have a we're gonna have a whole faction by the end of this show. What about Van Hammer? That oh, is a guy pass. we never ever ever <laughs> talk about. Yeah, for is good reason. Why? For good reason. Okay. Pass. Oh, I mean, man. as much as I don't like Prince Ikea, yeah. I may dislike Van Hammer more. Van Hammer. He won, Talk I think, the Jesse the Body Ventura arm wrestling challenge on WCW Worldwide in 93. I wouldn't know. Yeah. That sounds right. But the fact that he's been around that since the then and yeah. was just given gimmick after gimmick after gimmick after failure after failure after Aww. failure. He was never that good a wrestler. He had the look. Yeah. The look was there. But he couldn't take advantage of it. I remember, to me, because... I've said this on this show before. Probably, besides obviously like NWO, probably my favorite stable in the time of WCW was The Flock. And I felt The Flock got ruined when Van Hammer became a member of it. Because all of a sudden, we have Reese, the giant. He might not be very good, but here's the giant muscle. And then there's Van Hammer, and she's like, why do you need Van Hammer if you already got this big guy? What is the point of him? And he did nothing for it. I think he was the first guy to turn... Yeah. On the block, which got no reaction, and then Kimmy just went and did his thing and suddenly I when he turned, but then but then he showed up as a hippie and then he showed up as whatever the hell he was today, uh, or on this show, he was a misfit in action. I think he was major stash. He was also a misfit in action at some point. Yeah, wow. I mean, he just had a whole lot of nothing. Do I'm shocked I'm saying this, but do you want to know who made all the sense in the world to me and felt underutilized on this card? Who? Mikey Whipwreck. I agree. Mikey Whipwreck, like, you, you see... This kind of was giving him props, too. Yeah. Like, you see Mikey Whipwreck, you're like, oh, I, I get it. He's a guy. And, but, I mean... He's but, a late 90s guy. But also, but, too, okay. like, throwing, like, if you never watch ECW, he would look like a total jobber. So it's kind of like, if you're looking at a jobber, because we know how good he can be from ECW, but if you don't have... With no buildup, he looks like a jobber. But was it was it the previous pay-per-view that he had that awesome match with Kidman? Kidman. I think that was like the March one. So yeah, so, so, so this or was no before, before it. So so we, we had that. So if you played the story of fast cruiser, even though he's not really a cruiserweight, fast high risk taking guy against big guy, maybe you would have got something. But they didn't do that. Yeah, like bell to bell, there wasn't no. But bell to bell to bell, like that would have been all you needed to just glom onto this actual a match. standard grappler match. Michael Whipwreck was terrible at. Yeah, it's not his fault. This is not his style. It was never his style. No. Van Hamer was just terrible at everything. <laughs> Sad. Wow. Well, uh, you guys are landing to, to, those, to those performers. Eric had some stuff to say about Buff Bagwell, which I was um, kind of surprised to hear, calling him one-dimensional. And he said he always had the same moves. Like, he just didn't change. You saw the same Buff Bagwell out every time. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Mm, I mean, I agree with it, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. No. You see the same John Cena every yeah. time. And it's fine. It's... it's I think he 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 wasn't eloquent enough, or he wasn't eloquent in this topic to say he wasn't happy with that current version of Buff Bagwell and it needed to change. And then yeah. Buff Bagwell kept coming out and not. Changing I think anything. it's a lot easier to say now just because of what what Buff Bagwell ended up becoming or not becoming. Mm-hmm. But I think at the time Buff was a, I've said it before Buff was a star at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for him to say like oh it's, it's easy to say in hindsight oh he had the same match but like so at, did at a that, lot of people these, at the that time years. that was my favorite finisher. The, was bu- the blockbuster? Because I, I I thought that was so Even cool, like <laughs> timing that flip. I mean, it's hard to do it now, but I like when they come out doing like the strutting, turns back with the fireworks going out. You know, that's gonna be a gif. <laughs> the fireworks, you know, and like you know, <laughs> I, I dug it. That's my point. I, I dug buff. Did it make you say ah? 
I will 100% and again in hindsight no wait before we say anything we have to spend like 10 minutes justifying Master P and his popularity at this time he was very popular at this time I know we didn't I mean I remember that I I had this album anyone who's listening to 83 Weeks is from that era and we all know that Master P was a huge deal like we didn't we didn't need the history lesson I got the hookup by Master P is an amazing song Name other members of the No Limit Soldiers. Sick to Silk the Shocker. Okay. Mystical. <gasps> okay. Uh, sea Murder. Okay. Uh, who's the girl? Did you think George Mozo was Trina? not going to name, name no. any? No. Well, you know, Trina. Yeah, no, 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 she was with Trick Daddy. Slip and slide. Oh, right. uh, there was also Fiend. Was that the girl? No, that was another guy. The girl that I know was, there was in, a girl, uh, but I don't then the make her name uh, too. I'm forgetting her name too now. I forgot. But I forgot Sea Murder. And then his kid, Little Romeo. Yeah, Little Romeo. Oh, I love Romeo. I, but they were so over. But yeah. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, I don't blame Bischoff for bringing them in. And obviously, you know, he gave me the finger a month ago when it brought up the No Limit Soldiers. But like, ah, that's right. It just the execution of it was pure garbage. Like it's like you bring them in, and that's like it, it looked like a gang. And like watching, you know, WCW and having everybody go hootie hoo, hootie hoo. Like every second, it's like, dude, shut up. You, you guys look ridiculous. Crap is crap. Oh my. <laughs> Hot takes. What was her second know. song? I think it was oh, like they called, had a second like song, but everyone forgot. Good old boys. Okay. Good old boys, yes. Yeah. Good old We're, boys. We have not yet mentioned the fact that uh, one of uh, Master P's No Limit soldiers pulled a gun on Bischoff in his oh, office yeah. before the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of a, kind of a big deal. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't, didn't really see a gun. I mean, he just went like, yo, what's up, yo? Like, he could have been reaching for his, like, you know, his. Pop tart. He might, have, he might have an itch to scratch. Yeah, you know, maybe know. He, you know, maybe when he gets nervous, he puts his hand under his armpits <laughs> and he smells something. Like wow! Wow! Wait a well, ninety-nine reference. Way to ninety-nine the reference of gun violence, guys. That's great. I didn't think I was going to take him out. Mary Catherine Gallagher after eighty-three weeks. Oh whatever. God. Okay, Shout out well, to Molly Shannon. <laughs> almost as cheesy as that would be. Did you guys pull up the rap is crap video <laughs> to right. watch? Well, I pull it up all the time, anyways. So <laughs> I didn't need a reminder on this to watch it. It's. Who's it's, the girls from name from No Limits Orders? I don't know. All right, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but rap is crap. I mean, how they said it, it's like become like a cult gimmick and a cult song. They yeah. are 100% right. Yeah. You go to any WrestleCon, you go Access or anything, if they bring up Kurt Henning, not Mr. Perfect, but if they bring up Kurt Henning, they bring up Rap is Crap. And that's awesome. Who is this? this is not no, 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 no. Oh, That's okay. like the wrestling No Limit Soldiers. Oh, okay. Or talk about like the this legit. Small man, his actual No Limit yeah. Soldiers. Four by four. And All right. Yeah. We'll, have stay, but we'll have to stand back by for that one. Uh, well, yeah, Kurt Henning, you know, he likes country music and he likes country girls. Who yes, does? He does. Uh, I can't. I was just going to say, I don't know if Rena Marrow is a country girl. Where did she grow up? Minnesota? She, I don't no. think she's from Minnesota. No. I don't know. Sable? All right. Well, let's chat about her for a sec. <laughs> she made she made a brief appearance here while being under contract and embroiled in a pretty serious lawsuit. I think this is very with interesting. WWF. Because because I'm always been curious about like the legalities of like obviously you can't be featured on the on the comp- competition's show. Right. But like, is that really her fault? You know, like what if you just show up and buy a ticket? 
Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the way around it. Yeah, but I'm like, but I'm because even like there was that rumor where like um, the Highlander got fired years yep. ago. Yeah, but, but there was that rumor about Ric Flair showing up at Unforgiven '98 with mm-hmm. his son, and then they were going to be like, let's say if you know Steve is Ric Flair and you're you know Reed, Reed Flair, like oh Woo! here's world champion, you know oh he's from a Flair family, here's Reed Flair, and but you can tell that you know Woo! his dad would be sitting next to him, right. but on WWF TV, it's like when he was with WCW, and I I always wanted to know about like. Like, why? Well, the, well, the other brands didn't care about that. Again, when we go back to the Highlander thing, so one of the Highlanders of a tag team, people probably forgot about them because it was over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, they I didn't thought do you meant much. the guy. Like, I thought you were talking no, about the So there was a tag team in WWE called the Highlanders. Mm-hmm. One of them, I might have been friends with somebody in TNA. And well, TNA was shooting at Universal Studios. It was during WrestleMania 24. Was, and he was. It was during WrestleMania 24. He was at Universal Studios with his kids. And they decided to go to the wrestling show. They were offered, like, hey, just drop by to this wrestling show. Camera catches oh, him in man. the audience. And they don't Do they acknowledge him? No, they acknowledge him. him. They acknowledge him there. WWE immediately fires him. Yep. Well, no, they wait a week to make it look like that's not why. But they totally they fire. fire him over this. Because they and gave him the free ticket. And he couldn't prove that he paid for a ticket? Well, well nobody no, paid. Well, it's no, the impact Because he nobody. showed up on competition. And then that left his tag team partner... Oh, just flounder until Rory? his contract was up. Mia X. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Mia X. Let me see a picture. Oh, sorry. You already I, looked we're, it up. We're out. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was at that show. It, they were live the Thursday night before WrestleMania, and WrestleMania was in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And it was the Impact Zone. Nobody pays Nobody pays to like see the Impact Zone. You have to just I mean, wait in line but, and, but it's a little bit different because it was, let's just say he's Robbie, Robbie McAllister. Like, he went into TNA... Hoping that the first time nobody was going to notice him, to like thinking that he was still going to have a job with the WWE. Mm-hmm. Rena Mara went to WCW Natural knowing she's kind of already starting this lawsuit with WWE. She's hoping, hoping to piss them off even more. Right. Sure. It's a little bit different back then, but it's like, or the, in that scenario. Um, but I, I just always been curious about that. Like, what happens if you, you know, show up on Raw with like an NWO shirt or show up on Nitro with like a DX shirt? Like, you know, what's, oh. what's going to happen? Like, if anything, I'd be like, cool, sh- show our shirt on the, opposite, on the opposite TV, you know? Also, um, I would argue in 99 when she was going through this, she would be, as a drawing act, regardless of how we internet re- internet wrestling fans felt about her, she was a top ten drawing act in the wrestling business. Absolutely. so, yeah. And she was in the middle of probably arguing for her fair due contractually. As being a top ten drawing act, not her backstage, not her mm-hmm. in the ring, not her to work with. Her as an asset to a company. She probably wasn't making what she was worth, and she got a lawyer and was playing that game. Kudos to you, Sable. You played that game. And also, you played that game right, because they probably settled, and if anyone asks you about it, you're like, I can't talk about it. She ended up coming back in 03. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, they, they offered me more money. I came back. Mm-hmm. I believe she has some sort of a slight attachment now as well. What? I don't know, personally. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that could be for. I have no idea. All right, we saw a Flair and Piper match on this pay-per-view. This is in 1999. Obviously, it's not their heyday. Is the watching this back? Could you guys see like mm, what, what were the thoughts here? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put any words in anybody's mouth. Um, Did we see these as two guys who could still carry a pay per view? They weren't the main event, but I think what people are saying about Ric Flair now about like man, he's tarnishing his legacy, going out there like a clown. Blah blah. blah. They were saying that about him in '99. Right. They were saying that about him in '89. Mm-hmm. Like they've been saying this about Ric Flair for four decades. Yeah. Okay. They've been saying Ric Flair That's was fair. washed up and past his prime for four decades. And Ric Flair's still out there drawing money. Um, Piper? 
I don't think the the bell to bell was never really the attraction for Piper. Mm-hmm. He no, could, it was just a mannerism and, and the, the promo. Thing, right? He talked you into the building, and mm-hmm. then the match would like usually it was someone like Flair who. On his worst day, Bell to Bell could still deliver you something. It just depends on what you're looking for as well. Where, like, if you watch Piper and Flair in '99, like, what do you expect? What are you expecting? You know, like, just be fair with like everybody. Like, if you're expecting like a like a Matt Classic, like, no, no you you want to you're you're there to watch the story being told. Yeah, you're not there to watch well, the movie. This was one of Piper's first um, heel turns, and it should have been well, big well, news, well, right? Well, am I wrong? His first real. Uh, shoot to stardom. Yeah, was a, as a heel mm-hmm. right back in the very beginning of the first WrestleMania. Right, so this should have been new. This should have been big news going mm-hmm. back, right? Right, but no one believed it. And, and plus, the, and then plus, even so, like yes, they can, he was considered a heel, but I feel like they never really hit the hit the the gas pedal on it. There's mm-hmm. there's it always like half ass. There's mm-hmm. always a point in a wrestler's career if they have the type of longevity that a Piper had or a Flair or if we're going current a Cena yeah. or anything like that where. If all of a sudden they've been a babyface for 10, 15 years, boom, we're a heel. Yeah. With the exception of Hogan, everyone now these days, with all the knowledge everyone has, mm-hmm. we're still going to applaud you out of respect. Yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not going to boo you out the building because we're excited to see you because here's that legend mm-hmm. that, that is appearing in front of us. And that was the case here. Piper made a heel turn. Nobody cared. Yeah, I think Jericho's a prime example of this. See what Jericho has to do in AEW this this time, right around now, mm-hmm. to be over as a heel. Like he literally has to no show events. People were expecting him. He has to, to get. Be, he, he has to be a dick. He sure, literally. Sure. He literally has to <laughs> be the that. worst. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. He did not no show. I met Chris Jericho at Starcast. Great. The cardboard cutout? No, it was actually Chris Jericho. No, it was a cardboard cutout, Steve. That somebody lied to me. Steve, <laughs> Steve. He, he, there's a reason he didn't speak to you. It was a cardboard cutout. I thought he was just, it was in gimmick. What's the next <laughs> match that was on the card? <laughs> well, we're pretty well wrapped up on this one. Maybe we want to mention that backstage dog attack, which really was very believable. However, I just don't really like the idea of using animals in entertainment ever, so... That's not vegan. Do you you don't <laughs> then you don't want to see a clip of the last show when a dog joined the evil enterprises, do you? Oh, I don't know. That did sound kind of adorable. It was adorable. I'm evil. a hypocrite. It was adorably evil. <laughs> Hopefully we never watched the kennel in a cell match. Oh god. That was bad. That was really bad. Wow. Well, guys, that that concludes our discussion of the Great American Bash. Of course, Eric Bischoff will be back with us next week calling in to answer all of your questions. And if you want to get those questions to us, make sure you use hashtag after 83 weeks. And uh, where can they hit you up at individually, Christian Rosenberg? You can individually hit me up. <laughs> On Twitter, at Will Rosenberg, Instagram, TheWillRosenberg, com slash Christian Rosenberg, and check me out hosting the AfterBuzz TV Smackdown After Show. Yeah. You can follow me on G Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. This Sunday we'll be covering WWE Stomping Ground here on AfterBuzz TV, or over there actually on AfterBuzz TV, uh, at 10 p.m. Cool. Um, I'm Steve, <laughs> Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That's K-A-U-F. M-A-N-N, I'm involved in a lot of YouTube pages, some of which are monetized, some of which aren't. 
and I might be very vocal about it soon. <laughs> and we know what that means. So make sure you hit the subscribe button, guys. Maybe give us a little thumbs up, and you can always reach out to me at Christy Reports. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in and talking Great American Bash with us. Next week, we are covering the Clash of the Champions 27, going back to 1994. That'll be a good one, and we will see you right back here for it then next Wednesday. Have a good week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.